Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. So today we're going to start with a little recap of some of the bigger projects we did over the last few weeks, and then talk about a certain little iPhone rumor that we've heard about. And then after that, I had a chance to sit down and catch up with Kevin O'Leary, better known as Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, my favorite shark, and have a quick chat with him. And then we're going to go wrap it up with Andrew and I giving you a few tech gift ideas for the upcoming holiday season. Although, let's be real, you probably should be pretty close to done with that. Either way, it's Waveform. Let's get into it. All right, so why don't we go ahead and jump right in with our recap since the last episode. First of all, have you done anything special since the last episode? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Actually, this recap might help me just as much because I've missed half of these videos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got married. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's And you went to some crazy exotic place yeah. for a while. And, and we went, went to them. Belize. You definitely had it nicer than our snowy, like sort of wintry mix here. <laughs> so I'm jealous of that. I flew back into that. Like it was a hard, a hard flight back into reality yep. after all of that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, get, getting married. It was, it's, it's awesome. It's I'm, a fun I'm time. Pretty stoked. <laughs> this ring is really strange. Um, I play with it all. Like, who does needs it, a fidget spinner? Just get married. Just have a ring on your. Does it change the way you like use your phone or like hold electronics or anything weird like that? Um, or just still, I haven't of... done that so much yet. Typing was like a little strange at first. Mm. I feel like I use that finger a lot. Also, every time I hold my water bottle now, uh, the that's metal on it's metal. probably terrible for the ring. I've huh. scratched it a lot, but um, getting married was super fun. Belize was super fun. Nice. Um, thank you for coming again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If anyone's really that interested uh i posted a few pictures on my instagram we had a crazy talented photographer i do have to say that Shout that is steve steve was awesome I, I have to say if you're gonna spend some money somewhere spend it on the thing that's gonna help you remember the event that you spent a ton of money on and you just want to because it goes by so fast and yeah our photographer steve was amazing and yeah. the pictures came out incredible it that's just a memory a you'll night. have forever yeah awesome yeah yeah Okay, well, we had a couple a couple tech things happen since then, but I'll go over some stuff on the channel first. Uh, we had our favorite tech of the year rewind collab. I call this a rewind collab because YouTube Rewind came out, mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, maybe uh, the most forgettable YouTube Rewind ever. Do you think that's what they're going for? I think, okay, when I looked at YouTube Rewind, I, I thought that this was what happens when you avoid something instead of going for something. Uh -huh. So their entire thing was don't get hated. Don't get hated on. Don't do uh -huh. something that people hate. If you do this, they're going to hate it. If you don't do this, they're going to hate it. So we got to do it this way so that people don't hate it. But what they didn't do was try to make something amazing. Uh -huh. So really, if you go back and watch it, they're just counting down like the top, you know, most viewed creators, most liked videos, go through a couple of genres, ta da da I mean, it's super forgettable, but... It is uh it is rewind. So. Yeah, I would say last year's was hated. This year's was 
disliked, which yeah. is like a step forward. Who That's uh, fair. Casey retweeted some guy that made his own version of it, and there's it was a couple great. So there's a couple uh, creator made rewinds, and you sort of expect that around this time of uh-huh. year. Um, one of them was, uh, yeah, like literally like in the style of rewind, where there's animations and uh-huh. shout-outs to big moments during the year. And another one was an entire musical that sort of like oh, I missed shouted that out different moments and creators. Huh. Um, so that was fun. There was actually a, I'll try to link it in the show notes. There was a, the musical gave me a shout out. Something really? about uh, Marquez gets interviews with Elon and Bill. That was like the line in <laughs> the musical, which was really funny. That's so awesome. I'll, I'll check, I'll, I'll share that as well. Yeah. Um, we had a tech rewind, which was uh, 20 of my favorite creators uh, going through their favorite piece of tech they discovered in 2020. Mm-hmm. So everyone from, Sean Evans to Philip DeFranco to Simone Gertz to whoever, a lot of people that are in tech and that are sort of around tech. When you're a creator, you're just sort of around tech. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, some of their favorite tech. And it's it's not as predictable as they thought. I think I reached out to a lot of people thinking, we're gonna get iPhone a lot. We're probably gonna get AirPods a yeah. lot. <laughs> um, and it was surprisingly, I don't think anyone picked AirPods. And uh, we got a lot of random stuff. We got the Zen book in there. We got the DJI Osmo Mobile. That's one I was surprised about when I was listening to uh, Phil's podcast with you on my flight yeah. back. I was like, he was like, oh yeah. And, and I was talking about blah, 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 this piece of tech. And he said that. And I was like, oh, it's I totally a, forgot about that. Yeah, that's one specific thing where I can see that that has like a personal, like he has kids. Yeah. And like walking around trying to chase your kids with a video camera is really hard, even with a smartphone. Mm-hmm. But having it stabilized like that is definitely important. So uh, you could tell that that's something that he used a lot this year. So yeah, if you if you haven't seen that already, check it out. It's literally 20 people in a row saying what they like this year. Huh. So it's pretty sweet. Um, we also came out with, a video testing T-Mobile's low-band 5G, their 600 megahertz 5G network. This was a an interesting, it was more of just like a fun shoot. <laughs> we we sort of owed people an, an update to the 5G Explain video mm-hmm. anyway, where we went through Verizon and their millimeter wave technology, which had all sorts of sweet pros. You know, 2,000 down is awesome. Yeah. But all sorts of interesting cons, like if you walk around a corner, it doesn't even exist yeah, anymore. Four steps away from your 2,000 down, you don't even get it. Exactly. So the T-Mobile strategy, which they were so kind to share with us beforehand, and we were some of the first people ever to test it, um, and as you can see in this video, is they're rolling out low-band 5G, which is blanket coverage using a spectrum that travels really well. So these towers you can drive miles away from and still get 5G. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. We drove around. Happened to be in a 2020 McLaren GT. <laughs> Happened to have a lot of fun with that too. Um, but yeah, we did get 5G pretty much everywhere. But you're looking at maybe like 60 to 150 down, which a lot of people sent me replies afterwards saying, oh, I already get that now with 4G. Uh, great. I typically don't. Yeah. <laughs> I usually get somewhere from like 10 to 30 on a good day, but that's where they're starting. And then they're working their way up to mid-band and eventually... Uh, doing millimeter wave in like more populous areas like cities and and you know transit stations things mm-hmm. like that then you'll get there a lot of people getting 2000 down but yeah, yeah yeah so that's that's what that video was i don't think there's any really follow ups or fact no. checks to i those. think the the moral is if you really want us to do a video on something just let us drive in a supercar for a little while it's a pretty good strategy yeah, not going to lie also two episodes of retrotech finally are now live. They're going mm-hmm. live for free every Monday at around noon. The first episode was on the camcorder, so the JVC GRC1, the one from Back to the Future, mm-hmm. 
And the second one was on the 1984 Macintosh uh, with uh, I Justine and Bill Nye and others. Uh, it's just a good time. So those two episodes are up. Yeah, and to clear that up since... I feel like you've made it very clear already, but there's still, we get in our subreddit posts all the time and people on Twitter. It's not, everything is going to be free. Right now, if you have YouTube premium, you can watch all of them and not have to wait. You can binge. Yeah, but all of them will be out free. Yeah. The, the main thing Marquez said before he even <laughs> jumped into this was I will not do anything that's strictly behind a paywall. Yeah. Oh, this is something we talked about before we even started to shoot this. You know, when YouTube came to me, they're like, we should do an original. And I was like, I've seen the originals. They're really cool. But the number one rule on the internet is don't charge for something that was previously free. And uh, it, you're going to have a hard time. So I'm not going to do an original if people can't watch it for free. Um, and like months later, they changed their policy to do originals that you can watch for free. Yeah. So yeah, you can watch them. Monday, all, Monday is the release days. They'll all come out eventually, if yeah. you're wondering. And they're great. I think the next one, well, I don't, I'm not even going to spoil it, but you'll see. The next ones are also really good. Okay. Mac Pro came out. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say came out, I mean it's on Apple's website now. You can buy it now and it'll ship in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And the Pro Display XDR also, which I think is hilarious, is uh, right now if you look on Apple's site, if you try to buy a Pro Display XDR and a stand, you'll get the stand in about two weeks and then you'll get the monitor in like the middle of January. So you just kind of have a $1,000 stand sitting around on your desk waiting for the monitor. Uh, no, yeah, we, we saw it coming. It's out now, uh, and I, I did sort of a two-week first impressions video since I've been using it. So it's a second impressions video. Been using yeah. it for two weeks, um, and I've really, really enjoyed it. So the spec, you would expect. See, here's the thing. They didn't tell me, right? Uh -huh. They said, hey, Marquez, we have the Mac Pro coming out. It's going to be in December sometime. Do you want to test it? Yes. Okay, <laughs> so we get in touch. We arrange everything. They also said, we're going to send you two Pro Display XDRs. Do you want one to be matte and one to be glossy? Did they really ask that? They asked that. And I thought about that. And that would have actually been interesting. I think John did this um, because you can actually look at them side by side, see the difference between the glossy one and the matte one. But I was sitting in front of an iMac display at the time and I was like, look, I already know what glossy looks like. Yeah. Let's just get two matte ones in here. So I get it for comparison's ones. sake, but for actually wanting to like use it for an extended amount of time, yeah, it would drive me crazy if I, I had a matte and a glossy, like actually using them side by side. Yeah, together. Yes. Oh. So they're both matte, um, and they sent the spec. So the spec, as you guys saw in the video, is a 28 core, which is maxed out uh, the highest end CPU they offer, 2.5 gigahertz base clock, Xeon chip, uh, 384 gigs of RAM, and that's Not bad. I think six DIMMs taken, six DIMMs populated, six DIMMs open. So I could just double that up real quick and have huh. 768 megabytes of RAM. Uh, but that's the beauty of a tower. Uh, you have 760 two, gigabytes. Sorry, gigs. Yeah, yeah. Did I say? <laughs> Big <laughs> I difference. Megs. Yeah, just gigabytes. Jesus. Um, and then you have all your Vega GPUs and all this other stuff. You can watch the video if you want the full specs. Um, interestingly, the eight terabyte model doesn't ship yet. It's not an option to select. Mm -hmm. So four terabytes is the max that you can actually order right now. But I will not be ordering until I can get eight terabytes. Um, cool. There, so we both found it kind of interesting. Uh, Reddit and this video and talking about this video were polarizing. Is that one way of putting it? I, I don't. 
the comments were it, interesting. Well, anytime and, you look at it, uh, so I was the point I was getting at was I didn't know what spec they were going to send me. Uh -huh. They sent me that spec, and I didn't know what price my spec was as yeah. I'm testing it. So there's no way for me to evaluate price. All I know is, hey, this starts at five thousand dollars or whatever. Um, but they sent me a totally different spec from the base. Uh -huh. So when it comes out. I can spec it out on their site, and the computer I've been using costs $28,000. Yeah. So now lot. that I have that context, you uh -huh. know, my video's already out there, but now I'm starting to evaluate, is it worth it or not? But uh, yeah, like you mentioned, so Reddit, any time you get a $28,000 Apple computer, <laughs> you're gonna have <laughs> some people who feel a certain way, uh, one way or the other. I mean, it's super expensive. The thing is, is you have to base on, is it worth it in the sense of, time saved and like that's so i think the most interesting post on reddit was somebody doing the math of the time you saved over the five minute unedited clip that you put in the video they mm -hmm. took that times it by the number of videos you made in a year and came out to x amount of hours saved based on what that yeah. was but even that isn't getting even close to the amount of time saved that would be only if I upload, only if I was making five minute unedited videos, yeah. I would save that many and hours. And if you're only ever exporting one time for right. it, which like a lot of time, yeah, that is true. But when we do do sponsored stuff, even for the like 60 second ad spots we do, and this is a reason why we hate doing a lot of them is <laughs> like- the Back and forth, yeah. Yeah, you make everything, you make a the 60 second ad spot to exactly what they ask you to do. You send, you export it, you send it to it for approval. They come back with, can you say this one more thing in there? Bring okay. it back in. You have to export everything again. It's happened four or five times to us before, to the point where we Plenty of times. I think we've ditched ad spots because we just wanted to push the video out and it was getting annoying. So like, yeah, yeah it saves a ton of time. Is it overkill is one of those words? Like, yeah, it's probably overkill. You could do all of this on the iMac Pro. You can do all of it on a MacBook Pro, but yeah. eventually you're saving time. You're saving your own sanity at some points. Like, when it's midnight and we're exporting something, that's when we'd you like, really feel it. Yeah, we'd like to yeah. go home. It's not just save, it's keeping Marquez here; it's keeping all four of us here sometimes. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, sorry, little rant. No, I feel that. I really, you have to respect the scalability of this computer. So there's a couple different ways to think about it. One is a lot of people, and I say people, but really companies are that are going to be getting these. Um, you know, this is miniature as far as expense in mm -hmm. terms of like the production. Like when you look at like a Netflix show with a couple million dollar budget, we're like, oh, we, we didn't finish shooting. We need a couple more days and maybe a few million dollars more to finish shooting this. Like the the, the couple Mac Pros that they get for it, it's not exactly, you know, killing them. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be expensive. So when you, br you come down to this level where, you know, we're YouTubers, we make these pretty heavy projects, but they're not like movies with no. GFX. They're like, I have a Final Cut Pro workflow and I have 8K footage that needs to be transcoded. The fact that I still see that dramatic of a difference and that I will continue to see that difference over and over and over again for a hundred something videos every year mm -hmm. is massively impressive. Um, so like we were saying, that clip where we tested the, the render times was a five minute unedited, just one single clip mm -hmm. from a RED camera. Drop that on the timeline, the 16 inch MacBook Pro, high end, exported that in 20 minutes. Yeah. Take that same five minute unedited red clip, drop it on the timeline. Again, background rendering, rendering off, same exact thing. 
18 core iMac Pro. So now this is the highest end iMac Pro, the most powerful Mac you can buy before today. And that did it in about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's already a massive amount of time I'm saving. That's yeah. why I'm flying with an iMac Pro yeah. when I have these big videos because I'm not doing a five minute unedited clip. I'm doing a 12 minute clip with tons of things happening, color correction, LUTs, graphics, all this stuff. And so that, that 20 minute export becomes an hour and a half cut down to 40 minutes, right? Yeah, and that's super beneficial when we're in a hotel room exhausted from traveling and it's 1130 yeah. at night. Man, editing. I can't tell like, you how much pain I've gone we, through with like a, an Apple event. I'm sitting and I have all the footage and it's edited and everyone's waiting for the video and I finally yeah. finish it. I hit export and uh, I start to time it out as it goes from one to two to 3% and I can really just go to sleep and wake up the next morning and then upload it, which is rough. So like it affects us for multiple reasons. Like one of them's potential view count on something like we go to an event like an apple event where the embargo is right after even something like ces where those export times could potentially mean something getting out late or at ces we almost missed an appointment last year because we were exporting a video and trying to upload it before we went to it which wound up the video we almost missed was the self-driving taxi appointment yep it was a great video so just because of waiting for something like that we almost missed a whole nother video so like and that was the iMac Pro so I guess we were saying is we should bring the Mac Pro to <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh man no yeah so so to, to wrap that up the the Mac Pro with that same five minute unedited clip uh 28 cores uh churn through that export in four minutes and 20 seconds so it was again cutting it in half from the iMac Pro mm -hmm. so again when you scale that up you can't forget to scale it up when you scale that up to what would have been a 40 45 minute export now you're looking at a 19 minute export and like finding mistakes and doing other things and redoing it, all of that scales massively. So yeah. when you put it in the context of scale, the Mac Pro is a worthy investment for someone, even in my position, which is like a Final Cut Pro workflow. Can we also talk about how long it took the last Mac Pro to get a reiteration? Oh, yeah, You're future-proofing at this point. Like the last Mac Pro was released in 13? Yep, the right? trash can. So what if we don't see another Mac Pro till 2025? Like that that big upgrade now is going to be really beneficial in 2023 if there's still not a new Mac Pro out. Yeah, so this uh, so if someone's gonna be getting a Mac Pro, which I am, um, there's a couple things that you know you can definitely upgrade and then there's a couple things you probably will want to just get now. I will definitely be getting the 28 core, like no doubt about it. Um, I have no problems with, because the Mac Pro doesn't necessarily feel like snappier and faster. Mm -hmm. It's more about like those heavy workloads it's pushing. Yeah. It's like a, you know, like a pickup truck instead of a, a sports car, whatever mm -hmm. you want to look at it. It's like a cyber truck. Um, <laughs> so you have, uh, you have your CPU and yes, you can upgrade it later, but I'm just going to get the high end one. The RAM is one of those things you don't have to do now. I might just get 384 gigs of RAM. That's hilarious that I said that sentence. Yeah, like, I like might, it's not a lot. Yeah, like I might only get 384 gigs of RAM and later down the road when I can fill in the rest of those dims because half of them are empty, then I will end up with the 768. Um, I don't even think I'll ever need yeah, a we're not doing and a half of RAM. A lot of like multiple programs open and, and stuff like that that it requires quite as much RAM. Yeah, it's not really about this the amount of RAM at that point anymore for me. And there are some apps and some workflows that will take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. um, mine is not one of them. Final Cut Pro is really looking at uh, CPU and GPU. Um, so I will also be right out the box getting uh, the dual AMD Vega Pro 2 
GPUs. So that's something that you look at again, now that it's a tower and you can upgrade it, you couldn't do that with the trash can Mac true, Pro. True. Uh, you think of this having like a, maybe like an eight, 10 year plus life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is actually not the worst thing ever. So I know a lot of people. Also, there's a tweet I just replied. Who said that? Um, Super Saf said, "Fun fact: 99.9% of people complaining about the price of the Mac Pro would have zero intention of actually ever buying one, regardless of the price." And this is a hundred percent true. Yeah, this is so true. Anyone complaining about the price of the Mac Pro? Not that you don't have any justification, but is this really uh, something that most people actually need to consider buying? Probably not. No, not at all. So anyway, that's uh, that's the Mac Pro. We do have a, a Pro Display XDR video also coming up soon, and uh, I don't know exactly the timing of it, but all this stuff is on the channel, and uh, the full reviews I think will take a little bit longer just because this is one of those things you really get into the workflow of, and you start to see where the, the limits are, and you push it in different types of experiments. And here's what I'll say. Hit us up on Twitter with any questions you guys have about these these two things, the display and the Mac. Because my workflow is just one, which happens to be video editing and a very specific type of video editing. Um, so if you have other workflows or things you have questions about or things I should test or even other benchmarks I should run, hit us up on Twitter. And that's where I'll be checking those out. Yeah. Yeah. So that those reviews will be coming up soon. Um, I just want to ask, have you seen the rumors of the portless, <laughs> the portless iPhone for 2021? <laughs> think when did we talk about this was it right when i got back uh yeah i saw the rumor we like yeah i think we were both walking out to the car after the day oh, and yeah. you were just like oh did you see <laughs> by the, the way iphone's gonna be portless and i was like yeah and i just shut my car door <laughs> and drove away head down tear single tear rolls from my i think it's just it's like who was it quinn that made a tweet that was just like apple hates USB-C so much that they'd rather <laughs> not put a port on than which put is USB-C it's on. funny because they embrace usb-c yeah, in and so many other parts of their business to the point of like maybe too much right they mm. they got rid of full-size usb on the macbook pro like years ago yeah and they even the like the macbook pro charging cable the brick is usb-c yep it's not even like a into c yeah so that was my favorite tweet is my own tweet where it was like hey apple you know you could you could probably update the port on the uh, the iPhone, right? And Apple's sitting over there like, don't make me do this. <laughs> We're like, yeah, this lightning's getting a little bit old. Maybe you want to update that. And then they just go, no port. Um, I guess here's what I'll say about that. It makes sense as much as it hurts to say that. It makes sense when you look at the direction Apple's been going, yeah. especially with the iPhone in particular. Um, they've been sort of on their way towards no buttons and no ports at all. Mm-hmm. They got rid of, um, well, they still have all their buttons, but they obviously got rid of the headphone jack. Yeah. And they seem to be shrinking that speaker. And uh, they're on their way. I think the the worst part of not having the lightning or USB-C or anything at the bottom is actually charging. Yeah. Because um, I, I didn't really plug in my iPhone into my computer that much anyway. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I did. But I do not always use wireless charging. Really? I The only time I don't use wireless charging is in the car because I, my mount. That's one thing. I know you can get mounts that are wireless charging. I probably should get one because it makes a lot of sense. But uh, that and the only other thing I can think of is, well, it's still charging, but like portable charging banks. Oh, like yeah. you can get wireless versions of that. But if I'm going to get a portable wireless charging thing because I'm going hiking, like 
not I'm ideal. Not, yeah. Yeah, like throwing your phone in their backpack like connected to a charging bank is gonna stay fine wirelessly is or, not easy. Or it's fine with a wire, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's not great uh, wirelessly. And there's gonna be a bunch of other reasons why this seems really impractical and they're gonna be memed. But the reason Apple, I think, could get away with this, this is the way I see it, is just like AirPods Pro and mm-hmm. AirPods, when they announced getting rid of the headphone jack, they said, here's our future of wireless audio solution, AirPods. Yeah. What Apple needs to do is when they do actually get rid of the charging port, they need to be so far ahead on an incredible wireless charging accessory (laughs) that it's undeniable that it makes sense to get rid of the charging port. Now, how good is Apple at wireless charging accessories? Yeah. How good is anyone? Well, but also the company that just killed their uh, yeah exactly their they mat. just killed what's it even called I forgot already Air Power Air Power they killed Air Power but they're totally gonna get rid of the charging port and offer another wireless charger. It, it seems really strange. Yeah. Well, but here's the question: Which uh, lower budget smartphone company hears Apple's gonna do this and beats them? Out beats to them it? to getting rid of yeah. the port. It's crazy. I don't know. Like I know getting rid of the headphone jack like i could see it didn't seem that crazy to me at the time like when they got rid of it they're like yeah and we can fit a bigger uh, haptic motor and the bigger battery and i was like okay i guess you could do wireless headphones and, and you know use that extra space but getting rid of the only port on the phone left i don't think any other manufacturer right now could rightfully justify it in 2019 wireless charging's not good enough yet that's that's the thing, though. I don't think some of these phone companies rightfully justify some of the, <laughs> the decisions they make. I mean, like, okay. and here's the thing is some of them, to me, I almost feel like you see companies like who's done it, like Vivo's done the pop-up camera and the under fingerprint display sensor. Like, those are things we heard companies were going to do, and then Vivo comes out with it first. Right. It's not the best, but it's it's interesting for us to see where it might be going. And, and part of this in the back of my head makes me think it's like Samsung sitting back there and thinking like, let's see how they, let's let them push this out first. See how they do with it. Does it do okay? Okay, we're ready. Yeah, it's fine. For for as many things that as Apple is like a slow, like second mover on, it's, uh, they would really have to be a first mover on some great wireless charging tech for this to actually be played off well. Um, I also kind of think like it's possible that they've considered and maybe have plans to get rid of this charging port, but may scrap that plan if I think that's wireless very charging likely. Yeah, isn't good enough yet. So uh, we'll see. If the if the rumors for the 2020 iPhone are what we've seen, they can easily keep the charging port and still have enough other big changes to it that will still make the phone like one of the first phones you can, or like you know a huge design change, like back to the 10, pretty much. So they might as well just drop USB C in it. Just one one well. year of iPhone with USB C. Is just that one. is that worse than than just <laughs> totally skipping it, giving you one year of it's it? It's funny for the normal person, yes, because they're like, oh no, I need a new charger. Uh-huh. Even though it comes in the box, they'll be like, oh darn, all of my accessories don't well, yeah, work. Car charger, yeah, car charger, and, yeah. all that other accessories. But also, uh, I would be totally fine with that. I one year, it, I think it'd be a huge tease. It would be pretty funny. Okay, so let's take a quick short break and hear from our sponsors, and then next up, we're gonna have our chat with Kevin O'Leary. We'll be right back. 
Last week, Kanye West accused one of the biggest Twitch streamers of being an industry plant. It's an idea that comes up so often on platforms like TikTok and elsewhere. You see people who have blown up seemingly overnight, and the question is, who's behind them, right? That's what everyone wants to know. Tipping the scales and pulling the lever to make them seemingly the next it thing on the internet. This week on Power User, is it even possible to create an industry plant on the internet? And if so, how? Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, we're back. So we got the chance to talk to Mr. Kevin O'Leary, my personal favorite shark from Shark Tank. If you've watched Shark Tank, you've seen this incredible entrepreneurship-based show. Um, I was doing a short video with him actually on his YouTube channel, which will be linked in the show notes. And I decided to, while I was there, I said, hey, you mind if we uh, we bring our own microphones and we set up a little bit of a podcast and just chat for a bit? And he was totally down and he spent plenty of time. So that's what we did. Just a quick programming note before we start. You'll hear, of course, the uh, the conditions for the podcast are not totally ideal. We're not in a podcast studio. We just sort of brought the setup elsewhere. So the audio quality will sound a bit different, but that's okay. Also, I'm going to go ahead and put a, a quick language warning for the, the following interview conversation. So if you're listening with a, a young audience, you may want to cover their ears around 25 minutes or so, but that's not a huge deal. Either way, let's jump right into it. Okay, welcome back to Waveform. I'm joined by Mr. Kevin O'Leary, so I'll say Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, entrepreneur, billionaire, media head, tech head, guitar collector, pen collector, watch collector. I'm missing anything? No, those are some of the passions I have. Okay. Nice diversity there. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me Thank you. on the show. Uh, so I feel like we just have to start just jumping into just investment stuff. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind, I just got LASIK two days ago. Yeah. Already for me, best money I've ever spent. Yeah. What's the best money you ever spent? The best money I ever spent was on myself, um, educating myself. A lot of people really debate about whether education has value. And what I learned from it, having gone through the process, that was expensive, particularly when I didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't about what they taught me in any of those classes or, you know, I even did an MBA, which I don't remember any of the lessons at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I've met so many different people going through that journey that to me that was the best investment I ever made. And it, it let me, um, you know, life is serendipitous. You don't know what's going to work. And, and it let me explore a lot of different options until one path took me into an opportunity. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I keep telling people it's not about the pursuit of money and the greed of money. That's not what it's about. It's the passion of something you love. And most of the guys I talk to that wake up really wealthy one day, they never saw it coming, and I didn't either. 
we sold our company for $4.2 billion and I was working that day and I kept working after we sold it too. Hmm. And I just remember saying to myself and the other nine guys that were with me that you know we had built this together, I said, we're really rich. How'd that happen? <laughs> happened sort of quickly yeah, there. And it didn't yeah. change much, it really yeah. didn't. And it, it, just, it, it just happened that way. And that's what I've learned now, I tell people, you know, it's not really, if your goal is just to be filthy rich, that's a bad investment. If your goal is to be True. free, that's a good pursuit. So we were just chatting on your YouTube channel, which uh, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, it'll be in the show notes, definitely go check it out. Um, and one of the things we mentioned was, uh, you know, the relationships you build in college are some of the best things you get out of it. And, and you said you went to business school after you got your undergrad degree, is that right? Yeah, I got my undergrad in environmental studies. And okay. um, my pursuit was I wanted to be a photographer and a film producer after that. And my dad said, you're gonna starve to death. You're just not that good. Mm. And if you got the basis of business, maybe you could pursue one of those things. And I argued with him for a while, but he was right and I, I went back and did it. And, and remarkably, you know, um, I, had, I got success in, in consumer software, educational software, advancing math and reading scores for children. Ended up being a very, very big business. And after the exit of that, I went back and bought myself a bunch of production equipment and an editing table okay. for film to go back to what I really wanted to try and now more as a hobby. So uh, I became a photographer for a while. My work is sold for charity, which is great. It, it sort of, I got to show my dad that, look, I made it. Yeah, check out said, this yeah, film, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was sort of part of the motivation. But, um, and, and I pursue a lot of different things in the arts that I really enjoy. But I'm primarily now an investor helping young Kevin O'Leary's. I see myself in my 52 companies that I've invested in. Wow. Guys like you, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm sort of saying, look, I think this is a good idea. I know it's a really hard path. Let me buy a piece of it and let's take the journey together. Right, I love that. And I, I'll also say, don't tell the other sharks but I'll also say that you're the person on Shark Tank that I've learned the most from. And I went to business school too, so I learned a lot from all these various professors about different, very specific topics. But as far as like day-to-day, -day, like how to invest, how to give good advice as an investor, yeah. I feel like that's, I really do appreciate that, so. You know, I, I've tried to be honest on Shark Tank for this last 11 years and, and not pander to people's emotions. We often get people that can't take the truth and they, We've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen on that set where mm. um, they just break down crying, realizing it's the end of a journey for them in many ways. But it's not the end of your life. It's just the end of that deal. And you have to realize failure is part of the entrepreneurial journey. But what really makes me angry, and I tell Barbara this and Laurie all the time who's sat on either side of me, when you tell somebody, look, you keep going, uh, I think it's wonderful that you're trying, but I'm not gonna invest in you, that's disingenuous. The reason you're not going to invest, it's a really shitty deal and it's going to go to zero. Why not tell them that? Tell them that, yeah. And, and well, and they say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Screw their feelings. Tell them the truth because that's what they really need. Sometimes getting your feelings hurt is actually the most effective way at like getting a point across, especially when it's such an important thing to hear at such an important stage in their business when they're really evaluating it and seeing if it's good or not. Yeah, I don't care about their feelings. I care about their money. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm doing them a great service helping them realize that this path is not the path to success. And uh, that's a constant tension we have in Shark Tank and I get a lot of hate mail for being the nasty, mean shark. No way. I'm the nice shark because I tell the truth and everybody else is, to me, being disingenuous. Being too nice. Yeah. So uh, as a shark, I have to ask you about uh, something in tech which is like the, the platforms like Kickstarter. Yeah. Where 
when you get Kickstarters where companies are sort of emerging as a startup and they have this great product idea and they've presented it as if it's already a product but it doesn't necessarily exist yet, how do you feel about people investing in those and, and trying to get in early on a product that doesn't exist yet? What do you think about platforms So like that? You, you may be surprised with this answer, but I'm not a big fan of those platforms, and okay. I'll tell you why. If you look at, there is a bunch of people that professionally play that game now. They produce very slick videos. Yeah. They basically buy those production services to raise a whole bunch of money on ideas that may not have any merit at all. That, that to me is scamming, and I, I see lots and lots of it, and everybody's always telling me how they, you know, did 200,000, their budget was 25,000, they did 200,000 on a Kickstarter or another platform, Indiegogo or whatever. And to me, that's not a product tested at all. What I care about is getting 100 users of your product or your service or your tech. Really? And looking at the reviews of what they say, that they're actually using it. Everything else is bullshit. And that's what I tell them. So don't, I'm not impressed with you. You know, you spent 10 grand to go raise 50 mm -hmm. with some slick guy that knows how to play the platform. And you know exactly what I'm talking well, about. Well, I see this all the time in, in specifically in like Indiegogo and Kickstarter where like they'll come into the, the tank and say, look, we just raised this much money on, you know, this, this platform and now it's worth this much. But I'm with you. You need the actual product. And then the reviews, which I have a soft spot for, are super important to actually evaluating if your idea is good enough or not. I get that. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what I do a lot of now. Um, let's, because on Shark Tank, you get a lot of consumer goods and services, even in tech. There's people trying yep. to advance things, uh, but mostly to consumer services. And their biggest problem these companies have is customer acquisition costs. And I can help them immensely there. I mean, you know, I'm not an inexpensive investor, but if Mr. Wonderful is investing in your company, you're going to get on a lot of television programs. That's right. going to happen. But the one that I really like to work with is, let's say you get a product, I'll give you an example, there's one called Blue Land, which learned how to crystallize detergent. So you could take a, a small crystal tablet and get a glass bottle and drop it in and then you had a, a detergent or you had a hand soap or you had a surface cleaner. Yeah. So you're not, you're, you're cutting back on the 50 billion bottles of plastic that are coming out, which is stupid. So that's a hot deal. A lot of big VCs put money into it. And I said, look guys, I'll invest in your company, but what I want to do with it is, I hear your vision, but it isn't tested yet. Let's go put, come with me, we'll do a show on QVC together, we'll sell it to six million people, we'll get a couple of hundred thousand dollars with the orders, and we'll listen. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell us what they like or don't like, and that's exactly what we did. And lo and behold, we learned a lot. Yeah. Our assumptions were wrong. Okay. <laughs> and now we know exactly what to do, mm -hmm. but to me it's, Use the platforms like a, a QVC, which nobody even thinks about. That's 6.2 million people ready to buy stuff every minute. Yeah. So I, you know, I have a show there, and I bring a lot of my products, and I learn. I say, whatever you thought you knew, watch this. Yeah. And you get a lot of feedback from that. Big time. Okay. What do you uh, What do you think about tech companies on Shark Tank? Because there's a lot of different genres of companies, various products. A lot of new companies now are tech-related in some way just because tech is in everything. Yeah. Do you look at tech companies differently? Uh, do you look specifically for more protectable uh, IP or, or things like that when you look at a tech company? It's a great question you're asking because we are now getting, particularly in the season that you haven't even finished watching yet, a tremendous amount of tech. And there's two reasons that's occurred. The first reason is that the big VC companies that have invested, even sometimes around four of these tech companies, have realized that Shark Tank has a massive global platform. And so if you're trying to launch new tech 
and you want it shown in 34 countries, and you want 10 million eyeballs to see it, and you want to acquire some customers for free, there's only one place to do it, and that's on Shark Tank. Right. So that's step one. So they come on and they say, look, our, our shareholders now understand why there's value here and we're willing to do a deal with you. Mm -hmm. Now our last round was 15 million pre-money and we want you to put in a million bucks. And that's when it gets really interesting because I say, I don't give a shit what the last round was. Mm -hmm. There's only one Mr. Wonderful. And if, you want, if you're gonna get a deal from me, this is the value I bring to the table and this is what I'm willing to pay. Yeah. And they say, oh my goodness, we'd be diluting our shareholders. I said, hey, what do you want to do? That's and that's where the tension starts. And I've closed many of those deals and brought a lot of value to them. Yeah. But tech is now about 30% of the deals that we're getting you know, pitched. Okay. And you'll understand this better than anybody else. It's hard to explain tech sometimes. They basically need you to pitch their product. Because yeah. some of them really suck at it. It's tough. A lot of the most knowledgeable people at these tech companies about the product want to also be the one that goes on stage at the event or that gets on stage at Shark Tank and explains it. But one of the most important things I found with tech is having someone who can articulate it in a way that a normal person will understand the value of it. Uh, have you found that to be something common? Like very frequently people more get on than, stage. More than common. It, it, is, a, it is both a blessing both a blessing and a curse, actually. Yeah. Because the, the tech nerd guy can really be bad television. Right. And so bad that that episode never airs. Mm. So, you know, you have to think through. You've got to find that person in your organization that can stand up in front of those sharks and deliver a perfect performance that that captures the producers to say, wow, that was energy. Because yeah. if a guy comes out, we had an amazing technology that hasn't aired yet that I'm putting in, in fact, three of us are investing and we're putting a sizable chunk of cash into and I really love it. Okay. And I'd love to tell you about it, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you'd like it too. It, okay. it solves a big, 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 big problem that even Apple couldn't figure out. Oh, wow, okay. And so they, these are two dudes that just took it from a different direction and that's what often happens with a new technology. Mm -hmm but they struggled to explain it. And yeah. it was such a great deal that we kept giving them another chance and another chance and another chance. Because you saw something in there that was yeah, potentially but finally awesome. said, switch places. Let's hear from the guy who's not saying anything. Maybe he's better. Mm -hmm. maybe, he's, maybe he can tell the story. And lo and behold. It breaks it down. Yeah, Okay. that's it. And so th that you just never know. Television is that wicked master. You just don't know. Yeah. We mentioned, uh, we shot that YouTube video for your channel where you said you, you've worked with Steve Jobs before, or you yes. worked for Steve Jobs. Well, I was his largest provider of, of, re, of educational software. Okay. In all of, all the, it was 110,000 schools in America. They all had Macs at the time. Um, yes, I was his largest, so in, yes, yeah. <laughs> I worked for him. <laughs> what was that like? I, I, I had an interview recently where I, I talked about the 1984 Macintosh, and so we had people who worked with Steve specifically on that project. I'm one, I'm one of them. On the 84 Mac? Well, we were, we were providing software back For then. that Mac, okay. Yeah. What, That's the early iteration. What do you remember about uh, that company under Steve and, and working with Steve at that time? Well, it was the Waz and Steve, right. because sometimes you'd propose something that the, 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 the technology couldn't do, and Waz would know that. Mm -hmm. Steve, everything was possible, that's how he thought, which is a great thing about him. The, I would say back in those days, in the mid-80s, the one thing that people don't remember about him is he cared about the art of the product. For example, I remember having this long dialogue with him about fonts on the screen. J just the presentation of the text, which no one cared about. You Think about DOS in the early days and, and all the terminals yeah. It, 
And he just would go on for hours about, no, we have to have variable fonts. We have to be able to script the look of the screen. And th this is not anything anybody could do at that time. Hmm. TrueType was the first iteration that didn't exist. Right. And I, I used to say to him, Steve, I'm not going to spend millions of dollars on this idea you have to, to, to change just the fonts on the software. You have to understand what's, what's capable and what people were willing to do and what they're not. Right. And we were always battling about that. He'd have a vision and then I had the reality of having to develop it. It, it, it ended up in a meeting, um, and I'll never forget this, and you, you probably appreciate this. Mac was declining in schools. They were losing share. Steve had lost his mojo. Mm -hmm. and he was in a tough place. And my board said to me, the budget for Mac development this year is $24 million. And there's no reason to do that. Let's skip a whole year, no upgrades, because they're, they're losing share. Wow. So Heidi Rosen was working with Steve, her sort of the right-hand person in software, and I called Heidi. She's still around. She's an investor in, in the Valley. Um, and I said, you've got to get a meeting with Steve. I've got to talk to him. And I told her the problem. So we flew out there. I brought my head of sales, my head of development. And I said, Steve, you got to throw in 12 million bucks, half the budget, or I'm just not doing it. And he went out of his mind. It was just, he went crazy and just started yelling insults at my team and abusing me. And, and I said, Steve, we're your partner. Like, what are you doing? And why are you abusing my people? Like, you can abuse me, but you don't... <laughs> and Heidi was this ghostly white. Mm -hmm. And I've heard, I've talked to other people about this. When he got passionate about something, he just kind of lost control a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it didn't end there. I finally said, I, I gotta leave. I can't let you keep throwing these barbs at my people. This is nuts. And I walked downstairs, and it was in one of those buildings in Apple's headquarters where you couldn't open the whole window. You could only unscrew the little thing and a little flap would open. Oh, yeah. And he saw me getting in my Hertz rental, direct SFO airport, mm -hmm. and he sticks his head through, and he's yelling at me, screaming at me from, like, he can't even get his head through, and he's still going. I said, Steve, you're crazy. Like, yeah. that's crazy. I'm, I'm 50 yards away from you now. You've got to stop. Yeah, wow. I called Heidi on the way to the airport. I said, Heidi, what do we do? She said, how about 10 million? I said, okay. All right. That was the end of that. Yeah. But that... That's the, the genius of him and the insanity of him yeah. in that one hour. And I always tell that story. It would always make me nervous to go in a room with that guy. He was so crazy. Right. But look what he created. But the passion of it is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. There's huh. many stories like that, and I just have one of them. But you can't run a company that way anymore, I don't think. Right. Yeah, that, that would be. Wild. Well, I think we saw what happened at Uber, right? Well, there's a lot of companies that have had big shakeups. I actually want to ask you about um, just like tech, the tech landscape in general. Do you have any favorites? I know you've invested in some versus just like the products, and you used to be in film, so of course yeah. you're into, into the camera world as well. Yeah. Um, what kind of tech is your favorite in late 2019? I like technology that advances entertainment. Um, I've always felt that people that, that bridge the creative side with technology do some amazing things. And, and so, you know, in music, there's been some really fantastic advancement in technology and how you can create music and edit music yeah. over the last decade. It's completely changed the ability for an artist to just sit, you know, and record tracks in their kitchen that become yeah. 
you know, huge hits that we couldn't do before. And that's very investable technology because it's, it, it's sustained by, by the art of it. I like anything that merges art with, with, with you know, human passion. There's a lot of tech that doesn't do that. Um, but if you were to ask me, you know, do, do I invest in, in technology? Yeah, show me something that helps create better photo photography or helps, um, you know, make life easier as an artist. I like to invest in stuff like that. Yeah. All right, we talked about watches briefly, but yeah. I want to bring it back up. Sure. Because I've got an Apple Watch on here. Yeah. In my opinion, the best smartwatch on the planet. Yeah. But you have a very different watch on. Yes. That you feel very differently about. <laughs> Could you explain why someone who currently has an Apple Watch yeah. should look into a collector's watch or, or why watch collecting is even interesting in the first place to you? And, well, I and should I? I think you'll understand my answer, particularly for you. I understand as a major tech dude that you are that you would have an Apple Watch on, yeah. like the other 50 million robots that are watch, walking around. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the problem. That watch says nothing about you other than that you're interested in tech and you like the utility of having a piece of consumer electronics. But from an investment point of view, we'll just start there. That mm -hmm. lost 25% of its value the minute you walked out of the store. When I broke the seal, it lost even more. Okay, yeah. so, that, so that, that is a problem. Um, it also doesn't tell me who you are. It doesn't speak to your interests or what you covet or, or what you like about style or art. A watch says so much about the person that wears it, the kind of face it has, the design of it, mm -hmm. the different, if you're an AP guy, that says something about, to me, what you like in music, for example. Or if you're a Patek Philippe guy, you're high style, I get that. If you're Rolex, you'd be playing Ultimate Frisbee in a Rolex because it can sustain the G-forces. Mm. It can do that. That would tell me something about, you know, who you are. But that watch tells me nothing. That's yeah. just, you're just a robot walking down the street. <laughs> and I wouldn't be caught dead with that thing on because wow. that, when you walk in a room, you're just, to me, 20% off retail. You have to build your value back, explain to me why you got that. <laughs> and so yeah. th that's what you told me. You said, I like the fact that I can check the phone that's coming in and all that. Yep. I have I use lots of Apple products. I edit on Apple products. I've got dozens of Apple devices throughout my offices, but I'm not wearing that watch. There ain't no way that's ever going to happen. Okay. To me, that is that is like that is know, a big no no. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's taking away from all the things you as a guy can do. You don't get to wear jewelry much. Maybe a ring, maybe some cufflinks so you have a suit on, mm -hmm. and then your there's your watch, which says everything about you. So. You should think about that. All right, I'm gonna have to get your, your watch recommendation for sure. You you should have a piece that, that says something about you. I think you should be a Rolex guy to start because you're working out so much. Mm -hmm. You know, a Daytona, a steel-faced, um, uh, you know, a steel white-faced Daytona right now or black-faced are the two hottest sort of sports watches. Okay. One is a little more stylish. I prefer white-faced. You might like black-faced because you're always in black. Yeah, black, black for sure. You yeah. know, that's the thing. Okay. And believe me, I can help you get one. All right, I'll reach out for sure. Last thing, I, I saw on one of your recent Ask Mr. Wonderful videos, or I think it was like sort of a daily tour you did where you had uh, you had an iPad Pro, yeah. two Surface devices, and yeah. two phones all with you at the same time. I do, I do. So what, uh, what are you doing with each thing? Why, yeah. Are they interchangeable? What's, what's the setup there? So I have many, many different investments. One of them is in financial services, a company called O-Shares, which does ETFs. Mm -hmm. has about $725 million invested in it. It's a big one. And in, in the world of financial services, there's a huge issue around compliance. And so 
all the servers have to be compliant to the, the SEC, which is the regulator. And so when I do work on you know, my financial services companies, I use two surfaces that are encrypted and secure with the, you know, the, the Windows operating system that mm -hmm. is tied into a, a network of completely compliant, completely encrypted, completely secure. And anywhere in the world when I set those up, nobody can f with it. Okay, yeah. And those are my, my business. Business machines, yeah. And then, you know, my son's gonna FaceTime me and he's gonna do it on an Apple device and, and everybody's, you know, texting me. And so that's my other world. So when, you, when I set up in a hotel, I've got the two super secure server-based systems that I'm monitoring all these investments on. And over here is my entertainment section. Yeah. So the maid walks in and says, what is this? Like this, <laughs> there's four screens up here. Yeah. And I'm playing like a harmony on them. Okay. And I've been able to drag, you know, people say to me, gee, that luggage weighs a lot. I said, yeah, it's got like a, a moving office. But I need all that stuff uh, because that's how I roll. Word, I feel that. And a uh, smartphone of choice? So you'll appreciate this. Um, there are. You would definitely get this. There, there are certain attributes of the Samsung 10 that I really, really like. Is it the Note 10 or the S10? The S10. The S10, okay. Yeah. That I really, really, really like. Mm -hmm. And I really like. And I can't get them on the 11. So you're talking ultra-wide camera. Yes. You're talking possibly headphone jack, depending yes. on what year. Yes. You're yes. talking OLED screen, unless Correct. you got the newest phone. And you're probably talking like much bigger, more exotic looking screen with no notch. Correct. Okay. You got it. You must be in this space. I, I've, I've had a hand in this, yeah, for a little bit. Okay. So I can't give that up. So I now walk around the world with, and the other thing I found in, in every city, and you probably know this better than I, you need to have both AT&T and Verizon as you crisscross America. Interesting. You're in the hills in LA. Yeah. I'm not going to on either network. I'm just telling you one doesn't work there. Yeah. And in the streets of Manhattan, the other one doesn't work. And mm -hmm. so I need to have both phones. Why these guys can't solve this problem, I don't know. Maybe 5G will do it. But these networks suck yeah. when you go to different cities. And I mean suck. They drop calls. They, they, they just completely crap out. Mm -hmm. it, it, I can't say enough bad stuff. But I'm not putting brand to brand. I'm just telling you one brand works. In the West, place. one works in the East, and you get to Chicago, it's a whole different kettle of fish. It's where you are. Mm -hmm. And I think I can't say enough bad stuff. They gotta fix this. And I travel every day, sometimes to three cities. I was in three cities yesterday. Jeez. Okay. So you got the you got one SIM card in your Samsung Galaxy S10. Yeah. And the other is the iPhone? Yeah. Okay. But I, I also that. have SIM cards in the tablets I've got. You know, I've it's the same setup here for me. Yeah, so it's for slightly different reasons, mainly because I have you to keep have it. You have to, right? I have to keep a toe in but which both one pools. are you doing most of your texting on? It, my main SIM card, like the one that my friends have, yeah. is in an Android phone, and that's because if I put this SIM card in an iPhone, the iMessage it'll swallow that up, and I won't be able to take it out. And a lot of people have had the same problem, where if you take a SIM card from an iPhone yeah. and move it back to an Android I've phone, that. iMessage continues what, to what's, pull. What's going on with that? It's the, so iMessage is their system that they've built where you can combine SMS. Why is it staying? Why is it actually attached to the card? Ah, it's it's it shouldn't, but it, it is shouldn't essentially at all, a glitch. Which where is it, freaking me out. I got to be honest with you. It's yeah. happened to me. I don't like it. Yeah, it's the reason why I refuse to combine them. And and they should be able to fix it. And you're and the I, guy that should be able to get that answer. 
Maybe that's something I need to ask for. <laughs> Apple, why can't I Definitely. guarantee that my texts will not go to this iPhone when I take the SIM card out? That's something I should look Let into. Let me ask you another question maybe you're knowledgeable on. Um, WhatsApp. Yeah. Like, that is becoming the standard uh, platform around the world for a whole bunch of different groups. Right. And why is that happening? So in these different, uh, many different markets, WhatsApp behaves the same way iMessage does in the US, where everyone, no matter what hardware they use, can use the same messaging platform but, but and I just uses data. I don't buy the encryption story. It's no, no more secure. That's not why they're using it. It's the data. So they don't have to pay for, no one out there pays for SMS. Yeah. They're all using their data to send messages back and forth. So the same way we have Slack or GroupMe or whatever else you have in the US, yeah. the more people they can get on that one platform happens to be WhatsApp that's very popular. Even as they pile more stuff, like more pictures. For example, the JP Journe mm -hmm. Society, the guys that are hardcore for this watch we talked about, yeah. we use Slack yep. to talk to each other. And we're all around the world. Yeah. And we're real hardcore guys. And we're sending videos and images and we're just piling yeah. onto that network and costing them more and more that we don't pay for, right? Exactly, yeah. And so that's, that's gonna be a problem down the road, I think. Well, WhatsApp doesn't have that problem. They just have built the, the app and the infrastructure for people to send the media back and forth, but it yeah. still goes through their carrier, whatever that carrier is. So the carrier must, at some point may say, hey guys, I have to charge you more for this. That's probably what's gonna end up happening and we'll see if they adjust or switch back to SMS. But for yeah. right now, the cost and the, the load just makes perfect sense for that. So you're popular. walking around like I am with two phones all the time. Two phones, two phones all the time, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that may be the standard, right? For certain people, yes. I, th I think for most people, having one thing makes the most sense, yeah. but uh, I can feel you on the two phones. So. And where are you on tablets? So I have one iPad Pro that I've almost leaned into also replacing my laptop. I really wish I had a better keyboard for it. Yeah, the keyboard sucks. I have the 11-inch iPad Pro and I 95% of the time can do everything I want on it because I don't edit videos on my laptop. So. No, there are some things you can't do with it. You can't yeah. do video capture uh, with a Snagit type software on a tablet. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen people try, but Doesn't you know, work. it's not that great. Gotcha so. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the insight and, and thanks for yeah. opening a little bit of a door. I'll, I'll say for people who want a little more of this type of conversation, you should definitely check out the video we did on your YouTube channel. And Thank a big you. shout out to your YouTube channel because there's not a lot of people doing both network television yeah. like Shark Tank at a level like that yeah. and answering questions from people on YouTube. So. It's, it's interesting you say that because um, the journey into YouTube is, is very uh, new for me. It's only months old. Mm -hmm. and, it, and you are right, it is a completely different world. And I think it's gonna be a long time before somebody can, can actually uh, work both of those at the same time successfully, yeah. although I'm trying. But it's Ask Mr. That. Wonderful, and I appreciate you coming on. I think we're going to have some fun with that one. That was great. For sure. All right. Well, thanks Thank for being on Wavefarm. Okay, so that was a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and take one quick ad break. And next up, Andrew and I are going to do our little holiday gift guide 2019. Stay tuned. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. 
So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right. So you may have noticed usually we do some sort of content that both of us liked over the past couple of weeks. Um, but we decided we're going to do things a little differently this time. A lot of tech creators and just creators in general are doing some sort of gift guide for the holidays. So we decided to kind of do a, a mini version of that almost. Um, we're just going to both tell you guys a couple things over the past year, a couple years that we've really liked that we can personally recommend as potentially a gift. This is the thing. I, I told Marquez gift and then we started talking about them. We're like, wow, you must must really like someone if you're yeah. going to buy some of these. Yeah, so. I feel like a lot of people, when you do a gift guide, you're like, give me something under 40 bucks I can yeah. give someone. Or give me something for 15 bucks. And a lot of tech is just not that good at that price. Yeah, so a tough. lot of my tech gifts, spoiler alert, are a little pricier. Yeah, here's actually something I find funny about that. It's like, I feel like there's a lot of people who think about buying something technology related for someone, but technology is expensive. So mm -hmm. they cheap out on something. And then you and, get them a bad thing. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so uh, like, like I disingenuous love the effort, to Christmas. Mom. Yeah, the I, effort's great. I appreciate but, the thought. Uh, it's That's the part that counts for sure, but also yeah. it's tech and it's Tech is a great. tough thing to gift to people <laughs> because people are very specific about what they want. So so that being said, you have some pricey gifts for people. We have some pricey. <laughs> so here's my, my theory on it is there's some gifts here for people, but like it's Christmas. You can, you can gift yourself something. It's, uh, the, treat it's the holiday. Yeah, treat yourself. It's like sometimes when it becomes Christmas time, I'm just like, you know what? I've saved. I haven't uh, splurged on anything really that bad. It's like, I think I want this. Treat I'm yourself. I'm gonna. Yeah. So this is Andrew's it. three gift guy, three gifts for Christmas. Brought to you by <laughs> Treat Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> not hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. Um, cool. Am I going first or are you going first? Uh you want to alternate? Yeah, let's do it. You first. Okay. I'm gonna go with my cheapest one first. Same. Um, okay. Also, I, mine's gonna have a little bit of a uh, theme going where I'm I'm the gamer out of everyone in this studio. So a lot, actually all of mine are gaming related. I think we have a lot of gamers that watch and listen and they don't get a lot of love here. So 
Here, here's your shotgun. This, this is for you. This, this is for you. Okay. Um, all right. My first one's a mouse. I play a lot of game, a lot of multiplayer games that I get really competitive in. So it's a wired mouse with RGB and 75 buttons. Not 75 buttons. Okay. But, <laughs> but other than that, right? pretty close. Yeah. yeah okay. um, so for a really long time, I had been using a Logitech G303, which was was very popular. Um, but they discontinued it. I think you can only find them on Amazon for like $500 now because what? people are, here's why, Shroud uses one and everyone wants to use the mouse Shroud uses and they stopped selling them. So people bought a bunch of stock and are selling Whoa. them for a stupid amount of money. Okay, um, that has a lot of parallels to the sneaker universe. So that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Wow. The mouse was incredible. I, I wish Logitech would bring it back, but it's just a light mouse, fit in my hand perfectly. So even though mine still worked, it was beat to, all hell, and yeah. I wanted a new one, uh, so I grabbed the Glorious Model O, it's called. Um, you probably know the company because they sent us some keyboards. I like the keyboards. So it's like this super lightweight mouse with a bunch of holes in it, which sounds really weird, but it's to make it, I think it's 68 grams, um, yeah. and we're American, so we have no no Ounces, way of imagining pounds. that at all. How many pounds is that? <laughs> but um, pretty much super light, uh, the cable is this like really nice elasticy braided cable, so it you don't get any like mouse drag. Uh, sometimes when you're playing with a low sensitivity and a big mouse pad, if you're pulling really far to one side, it gets tighter the further you go away from where the mouse is coming. So right. a lot of people put it up on something called a mouse bungee, which is like a spring that holds the cable up in the air, and when you pull, it kind of pulls the spring down. Oh my god! It doesn't drag as much. It's it's all these things to make it feel as wireless as possible while still being wired and not losing, Perfect. gaining any latency. Okay. So so imagine having, now you have a cable that almost stretches a little bit and then mm -hmm. you also put that on a mouse bungee and then you also put these super smooth feet on the bottom of the mouse and it just feels super light. Um, hmm. It also looks great. It, they come in matte colors. Okay, so you got me Matte now. black, yeah, pretty all much right. got you on that. Cool. Um, it's like 50 bucks. It's a really great mouse. Uh, right. It looks great. The RGB on it's crazy because it has all these holes. So the RGB comes up through all the holes as well. Classic. Um, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been absolutely loving it. I've tried a couple other mice since and I've plugged it back in every time. All right. So they go to mouse. I'm going to actually, my first item is also a mouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have, uh, this is a $100 mouse. So you have to really like this person. Mm -hmm. But this is the, the Logitech MX Master 3. You, if you know me, you know I've been using, sound, that sounded like an ad a lot. If you know me, <laughs> you know I love my Logitech MX Performance mice. Um, no, but seriously, I've used them since the like the original MX Master, then the Performance MX, then the MX Master 2 and 2S came out. So this is the three. It's USB Type-C, it's wireless. Uh, it's got almost the same sort of layout, but generally just improves a little bit ergonomically each time. Mm -hmm. um, not nearly as much customization, but there are some software macros where you can have different buttons do different things in different apps. Okay. So in the Logitech software, I have a left to right scrolling as left to right scrolling everywhere, but in Safari, it switches between my tabs left to right because oh, I don't cool. have to sideways scroll on web pages. But in Final Cut Pro, that scrolls on my timeline. So. You know, a little bit of customization lightly in there. Uh, I, I'm just a fan of the way the mouse feels in my hand. I guess mm -hmm. I'm super used to it. So Logitech MX Master 3, get your get your significant other, your family member, get your <laughs> dog an MX Master 3. I actually remember an old video of you. I think it's like you and Lou at CES and you forgot your mouse. So oh, you're I at like a Best one. Buy, like yeah. going to find one. And 
it's just all the tech YouTubers, they're like, I love my MX Master. It's the truth though. See, that's the thing. In that video, I think everyone in that video at some point goes, hey, I also kind of love my MX uh -huh. Master. Yeah, back in the day. Yep, popular mouse. Wait, can we test something? Okay. We have a scale. Let's let's see the, the weight difference between the MX Master and the glorious Model O. Okay. All right, let me I'm down. I'll get my mouse. Okay, we got our fancy scale here. You're weighing the, the glorious O first. Yeah, I think this... This says 70 grams right now. I'm assuming a little bit of the wire. And this is also the glossy version, which these mice are so light that the glossy version is actually a one gram heavier, heavier than because the matte of the version. Of the coat? Okay, yeah. fair. Also, I I will say get matte. Glossy is not great. I don't like the feel of it. Okay, so I'm, I'm holding it in my hand. It is really light. So I'm going to guess that the MX Master is 75 grams. Wait, you said- Wait, 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 wait. 70 grams, and you think that's only five grams heavy? Oh, sorry, this also, is 70? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let hold me, on. hold on. Very scientific, 86 grams. 86? Yeah. Oh, wait, what? I must have the two. Mine feels so much heavier than this. Yeah. The three might be a little bit lighter just because the battery's a little smaller, but lasts about the same amount. 144. So I was super duper yeah, it's wrong. It's twice as heavy. Wait, wow. I'm gonna grab the MX2 now. Okay. This is going off the rails really. This is fast. a fascinating podcast segment. <laughs> All right, MX Master 2. 2S. 152. 2S is 152. So they made it lighter by going to the three. And it's still double the weight of the PCMO. P Glorious, whatever it's called. <laughs> Glorious model O. Okay. Well now I know. I have a heavy mouse. Yeah. Solid. Okay. So that's my recommendation for a mouse. What's your what's your round two pick? Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, my round two pick is by no means new, but I was like, I was thinking this the other day. I use them every day. Um, I use them for gaming, but I don't think they're specifically meant for gaming. So it's the Sennheiser HD 6XX, which okay. is, I believe, a specific... A uh, pair of headphones you can only buy on Mass Drop, or right, I think drop. they're just called Drop now. Yeah, right. I've seen this. Okay. Um, they're like two hundred and fifty bucks, which is expensive. But when you think of Sennheiser headphones, it's relatively cheap. It's also a pretty common price point in this world of headphones. Like, you yeah, ha you have your like premium noise canceling. That's all like three hundred to three fifty, yeah. and then like right underneath it is your your one ninety nine to two fifty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So these are wired, um, and they're open back, so they're the literal complete opposite of like the the Bose Quiet Comforts or or something like that, but they sound so good. Yeah, they are so comfortable. Uh, so like, the reason I like them so much is one, they sound incredible. I I've tried multiple other um, headphones and just like they sound better. Which honestly, in gaming, sound quality isn't that great as long as you hear everything. You're usually fine, but yeah. they just sound great. Two open back. I think is amazing for unless you're in unless your house or something is noisy all the time I'd way rather prefer open back mostly because the amount of times and I'm sure everyone has had this happen you're playing a game you're super into it and someone in your house is trying to get your attention mm -hmm. they call your name they call your name you don't hear it so they walk up to you and tap you on the shoulder and <laughs> scares the True. crap out of you yeah yeah so I get to avoid that if Claire calls my name or if someone knocks at the door I can actually hear it. Nice. And then just in terms of comfort, the padding, I don't even know what it is. It's some sort of cloth. It doesn't feel like anything great, but they're so light. They're so comfortable. Mine are like two years old and look like they've been dragged behind a car at this point. And 
I've never had to take them off because of discomfort. And I've played some long, long days of of playing games. So. Yeah. And I can vouch for that because I've listened to some of the Sennheiser 6 Series stuff for just like music testing and mm-hmm. they're really good. Honestly, I would probably be really into this pair for myself if I didn't already have this insane pair yeah. of 820s right uh-huh. here for like editing and listening to music. So I can vouch for the HD 6XX or just any like the, six, the 650 HD. These mm-hmm. are also not the drop edition, but I think the, the XXs are matte black. So yeah. I feel like that's a pretty solid yeah, sure. place to be. So good spot. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess since we're, we're keeping up with this theme, I'm going to go with some headphones. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan this, yeah, by the way. But yeah. it, it works out pretty well. So um, you kind of have to really like this person to spend $250 on them. Or for really like headphones, yourself. Or treat yourself. <laughs> treat yourself with some AirPods Pro. Honestly, AirPods Pro really impressed me this year. Um, maybe a runner-up. I've I've talked about it before as like you know one of the most popular like viral products of the year, mm-hmm. right alongside Cybertruck as like instant notoriety. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. Um, the the noise canceling is really impressive. I've seen people flying with them. I don't think I would fly with them, but if you have to fly with headphones and that's your only pair, you would not be very mad. Um, yeah. So if you know someone with an iPhone. That's definitely a pair of headphones that they would get a lot of use out of. So, I mean, that's really all there is to say. I reviewed them. I have two things to say about AirPods Pro. Okay. One's funny and one's... So, the funny one is the first time I've seen them in the wild was a guy working on the road in Belize during my honeymoon. Whoa. I saw... he. I'm assuming he was like a, a a manager, like a production manager. Or construction manager. Construction manager. Thank you. Um. But like you can tell what they are very obviously with that line down them. And I'm like, we're just driving to off into the jungle and on this like beat up road that they're doing construction on. And I'm like, are those iPod- are those AirPods Pro? Is <laughs> is this really the first time I'm seeing them? Is like Whoa. in this other country in I the middle them. of like the jungle? It was yeah. really strange. Um Yeah. And then the only other thing I could say is I've listened to them. I like them so much that I've debated swapping to iPhone just because I think they're that good. Whoa. Yeah. That would be fascinating. But I like, (laughs) I literally can't recommend them enough to all my friends who have iPhones. Yeah. And it like kind of makes me want an iPhone. Yeah. No, they're really good. I, I, I do see them a good amount in New York city when I'm there. Um, it actually to the point where I see regular AirPods now and I'm like, those look really big. Like the the stem, like (laughs) sticking out of the ear because it's so much longer. I actually do like, notice the the longer stem more yeah. like obviously apple's thought about this but yeah that's my that's my recommendation for uh either someone you really really like or treat yourself all right my well if you really want to treat yourself <laughs> okay. um my way of potentially putting this in as a gift is maybe you're a parent and you have multiple kids and you want a, a group gift okay does that make sense all right sure um i think it, so just like vr in general I still don't think has made it quite to the masses. And I don't think the majority of people, if you walked up to them and said like, have you tried VR? They would probably say no. I really, it's it's a really fun experience. And everyone I've had try it has loved it to where like, I really think it's something you can buy like a family or you know, if you have a, a bunch of people living in a house together, maybe you're in college and there's like five oh, yeah, of you sure. living in the same house, 
it's just fun and it's fun even if you're not the one playing it if you're the one watching people play it watching people like, play vr is actually really it's really almost fun. more fun than the actual <laughs> yeah. vr um but like it's so easy to get immersed in it's so immersive for one it's really hard to explain but it's one of those things where i think the best way to describe it is when you take the headset off it's like when you uh you have a really crazy dream and then you wake up and you're like, where am I? Even though the place you are is the place you go to bed every night. Mm-hmm. It's like, we've played it in the studio and I'm on top of some mountain in VR and I take it off. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm wait, like wait. So which headset? Studio. Did you say which headset? I haven't said. I just, oh, okay. so like we, I'm just saying VR in general. There's a couple different ways you can go for it. Uh, we use the HTC Vive. Yeah. Um, we love it. it. That would be my recommendation, but I know like you generally have to have a pretty decent PC to be able to run it. And there are options like the PlayStation VR where yeah. I think it's more common that the average person has like a PlayStation 4 and they can buy it for that and experience. I know it has games like Beat Saber, which is my personal favorite. Um, Same. But like VR in general is just super fun. And anyone who can get into it can get into it, even if you don't like gaming. Like my mom visited, I brought her to the studio from the airport and she played Beat Saber for like an hour and loved it. Um, so it's just something that I think can be fun for the whole family. God, this entire segment <laughs> sounds like the biggest ad. It's really I'm, funny. I'm so sorry to everyone I love out it. there listening. Okay, yeah. So yeah, do your research on what sort of platform this person might have. Mm-hmm. Do they have a PC and a, a little bit of room for some sensors? Maybe a Vive, maybe an Oculus. Maybe they have a PS4. You get a PlayStation. Yeah, this sort of thing. Do a little bit of research and then really treat them or treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> All right. I'll go, my last one is going to be uh, a little bit lower in price. Google's, geez, I, what is it actually really called? Nest oh. Mini? <laughs> Nest Mini. Nest Hub Mini? Nest Hub Mini or Nest I Mini? Thought, I don't even know. I think know it's just anymore. Nest Mini now. So the Nest Mini is 50 bucks. Yeah. You can mount it on a wall. It's a Google Assistant speaker. Um, and it, that's really all there is to it. Like It's not like an amazing sound quality or anything crazy that it does. But if you just want to have something to like turn the smart lights on, if you just want to have a hub to be like the beginning of voice controlling your nest, or maybe you have some something else you want to control, this is like an easy way to get into smart home stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll caveat that with you can also grab like something like an Amazon Echo Dot or mm-hmm. a regular Echo or something like that. I think the Echo Dot is also 50 bucks. Yeah, they're pretty cheap. Yeah. I think both of them go on sale pretty often also. Like I've right. seen Nest Mini down to like 30 bucks before. I think that's a legit like really good gift to get someone, especially if you know they haven't tried smart home stuff yet. I feel like as a gift, some people might get it and be like, oh, cool. I don't really know what I'm going to do with this. And then in like six months, they'll be like, I have seven of them now. (laughs) There are two hockey pucks all over my walls. There's a little solid gift guide Mm -hmm. um, for anyone who you may be considering getting a gift for in the tech space. So you don't even have to know a nerd or someone who wants tech. You can introduce them to some sort of tech. This has been Waveform. What episode number is this? 11. 11. Thanks for listening to Waveform episode 11. Um, If you do want to go check out the pillows that we've collaborated with Throwboy on, (laughs) I'll uh, shamelessly leave those linked below. Uh, And also all the other stuff we talked about, the portless iPhone, the T-Mobile 5G, all the other stuff will be linked in the show notes. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys in two weeks in the next one. Waveform was created in production with Studio 71, and our intro-outro music was created by Cameron Barlow.